the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Let's talk about some odds and ends on Wall Street. Kind of stay in social media if we can for just a second. Twitter has stopped enforcing its COVID misinformation policy. I don't know. I think there's a big conversation out there of, and I thought Trevor Noah said it beautifully. You know, uh, Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, genius. Elon Musk, CEO of Twitter. Eh, I think that's kind of cute. I think a lot of us are feeling that. But again, I'm not making a political statement there. Don't want to. But Twitter has stopped enforcing its COVID misinformation policy. My mother passed from COVID. I believe in science. That's where I stand. South Dakota's governor has banned TikTok from state-owned devices. I, I, I don't disagree with that. There's some research going around that TikTok is trying to manipulate and not trying to manipulate but it's infused with some algorithms that every couple of videos are kind of anti, not anti-American, but anti-capitalist. And uh, there's enough questions about our data in China that South Dakota has the right to do that. And to be honest, a state-owned device, I think the state has a right to say, like, let's not have our phones be, you know, if you're going to be doing official work on the phone, let's let's keep TikTok off. And that may even go for Twitter and other things in the future, right? Meta is reducing its presence in New York Hudson's yards and so leasing some of its office space there as the online ad market slows. If you have ever been to New York, it's a great city to visit. If you have not, it's it's wonderful. It's a little bit tough in December as your lips are going to be, you know, frozen. It's going to be dry and cracky. But it's a great city. Great city for shows, great city for venues, great city for sports, great city for restaurants. Um, I think I kind of sum up the West Coast as you can go to a restaurant and get farm to table. And the farm is literally in the, like a three-mile block uh, radius. In New York, it's almost as if the chefs can pull stuff out of the trash. And like that's the best food you've ever had. Very different type of restaurants, but holy mackerel, I love them both. But Meta has reduced its presence in New York's Hudson Yards. And if you go back 10, 15, 20 years, Hudson Yards was nothing. And they, they decided to develop basically a warehouse district into a, an office district. Pretty cool. But the fact that Meta is pulling back its office there and saying advertising ain't what we wanted it to be, so we can't fill these office space, which is another big question of the 21st century going forward after the pandemic. How much office space do we need or not need? I have a friend in radio who works uh, uh, for the CBS group. And I was like, How, how's the parking lot? Because back in the day when I did that, the parking lot was always full and you'd always like look for that last spot. And like, it's pretty much so half empty. 
I'm like, that's telling. So back to TikTok ever so quickly, if we can. TikTok, there was a viral video yesterday. And as a parent, I'm trying to get my kids like to understand what sometimes viral is not a good thing. A TikToker went viral yesterday for explaining why anyone in the United States making less than $25 an hour is in serious trouble. Because a recession's coming. So there was a video yesterday that went viral or in the last couple of weeks, Ryan Halbert. And what he did was he put together typical essentials like rent, groceries, gas, water, total average cost came to $3,285. Now, I have not gone through his list. I do not know if this is the proper for you or for you in Florida or for you in Colorado. But he said, let's break down the 40-hour work week. You need to make at least a minimum $20.50 to cover $3,285 a month. And that's before taxes. And he said, keep in mind, recession's coming up and inflation's still going higher. I don't think that kind of video is bad. As long as you don't go, well, that's religion. That's, that's the truth. That's the stone. You have to have a, let's take a look at my budget. Let's take a look at how much I'm making. Let's take a look if someone in my family loses a job. We are a two-income household for many in America. So know that 2023, Paul Revere is running through the town. A recession is coming. A recession is coming. A recession is coming. Will it be no recession? Recession averted? Will it be a recession that's a inch deep, mile wide? Or will it be 20 feet down and a mile wide? When I say a mile wide, what the premise is there is that it's more than just tech, that it hits all industries. When you have Paul Revere, i.e. financial media coming and saying a recession is coming, a recession is coming, start to prepare a little bit, or at least look at everything, your emergency funds, your savings, your budget. It's a good time to do it. After I get off air today, I'm paying my final tax installments for 2022. Is that right? Yes. Um... I'm doing some budgeting. Fridays are my little bit loose day to get things done. You know, that TikToker that I was talking about, one of the things he says, he says, pay for things with cash, get reasonable, use cars. I love one of those. I don't like the other. Get reasonable, used cars, I think is a great piece of advice. I told you in my 20s, um, I was gifted a Toyota Celica. Is that right? Toyota? Yeah, it was, it was one of those odd models that they don't make anymore. All right, all right, all right. And it, it was a piece of trash. It had no air conditioning. So I was going to business meetings, driving in a t-shirt with a window down. My back would get just covered in sweat on the East Coast humidity. I get to the parking garage in New York and I'd pull out my uh, dry care white shirt, put on my jacket and go in the building. Um, but I didn't have a car payment in all my 20s, and that helped me save money for retirement. I have no problem being frugal, none. The person who gave me the car said, drive it until it dies. It didn't die until I was almost 30. I could have afforded a better used car. I could have afforded a better new car, but I didn't have a car payment. So when he says, pay for things in cash and get reasonable used cars, I say get reasonable used cars is, is great. But pay for things with cash. I don't mind if you use a credit card. I don't mind if you use cash. 
But if you use a credit card, just pay your balances every month. There's a lot of perks and benefits that come with credit cards versus debit cards. Not a big fan of debit cards. CFP Chad Burton at EP Wealth. He's not a big fan of debit cards. Your debit card gets stolen. They can take all the money out of your bank account. Your credit card gets stolen. There's a limit, typically about $100. Why? Because Congress set up laws that protected consumer credit issues. Yeah. And this is actually kind of funny. This is where I get judgy. If I'm in line at a Starbucks or wherever, and I see the customer in front of me pull out a debit card, I almost tell them, you know, you really shouldn't be using that in public. Because if that gets stolen, if the waiter takes it back to the back room, comes back out, and in between, he's copied everything down, and suddenly he's getting an Amazon package, and you're paying for it, that debit card is not protected. Credit card is. I don't like using debit cards in public. I don't even like carrying one in my wallet. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's almost like you can say there's 99 ways to leave a lover, what have you, get on the bus, Gus. No, I'm not going there. Um, you can make money in housing. You can make money in stocks. You can make money in bonds. I like the idea of accumulating wealth. I wish I had started earlier. I started when I was 18. There was a car accident that I got a $3,000 payment out of because I got rear-ended. Um, and I was just like, this is not beer money. This is not fun money. This is not car money. This is investment. Um, because I don't want to work till the day I die. That was my one thought plus another thought equals start now. But I talked about housing. And when I moved to California 25 years ago, people were in love with housing, 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 oh, housing, 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 housing. I've seen more people go bankrupt due to housing than I have seen in the stock market. Um, I've seen more people lose money in options, which are risky angles on stocks. Um, they're leveraged. They're, they're shortened. They're, they, they don't let time play out. You have a window of this has to work now. I've seen stocks do quite well for people. I've seen housing do quite well for people over time. It's when the window is one to three years that I don't think you should play. You need at least three to 10 to 15 to 20. The longer, the better in both. The housing market correction is going to take some time. So says data tracks, Nicholas Colas. He pointed to the length of the previous housing cycles where home prices stayed from long-term trends for years. He predicted home prices would need to drop 15 to 20% for the market to return to its long-term growth trend. Now, first things first, every market is different. There's high-end markets, the low-end markets, there's middle, there's starter homes, there's homes that are 25 miles from jobs, there's homes that are right next to jobs. A housing market correction is going to take a long time. Prices need to fall 20%, he says. He thinks it's going to take a few years to return back down to the trend line of where home prices should be. Just watching, you know, oh, this house on Sesame Street was A, and then next year it's a little bit higher, then it's a little bit higher, and then, whoa, it's a lot higher, then, whoa, it's a lot higher, then, whoa, it's a lot higher. He wants that to scrunch back down. Housing has been under pressure. 
admits the Fed's aggressive rate hikes this year. Central bank rising uh, rates, rising rates, raising rates, rising interest rates, chunk at a time, chunk at a time, chunk at a time. Um, I'm probably another 50 basis point rate hike in December. And then there might be a pause in January. That's what's expected now because what Jerome Powell said. Mortgage rates briefly popped to a 20-year high of over 7%. Some economists have warned that an imminent housing crash, potential freefall in home prices could ensue. I don't think so because it comes back down to location, location, location in my mind. And it comes down to we're not building enough homes. It comes down to we're having children. There's immigration into the country. We need more homes. We need more low-cost homes. We need more middle-cost homes. The high-class homes, they're taking care of themselves. Higher mortgage rates will do part of the work in bringing prices back down. But history says any correction in this market is going to take time. When I bought a, my la, uh, two homes ago, I guess, not the home that I'm in now, but the one previous, um, 2006, things started going down. So eight, 2007, 2008, 2009. And that's when they started coming back. It, it was like a three-year window. And no, I didn't hit the bottom when I bought it. I, I hit it when it was started rising. And did I get lucky? I did get lucky. It is very important to acknowledge sometimes you're not smart, you're lucky, you're in the right place at the right time. But yeah, you believed in the right asset. Stocks, bonds, and real estate. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. So don't, I guess the point of that whole angle there was don't expect housing to be a quick fix. Right now, this year, the stock market's down 11 months, essentially, right? Don't expect 11 months to be it. It can easily extend to 18 months, to 24 months, to 36 months. But then you're starting to get like, that's a little bit on the long side. After 18 months, it starts getting to be a little bit on the long side. So I'm not, I'm asking you, don't be a market timer. Make sure you're ready for a worst case scenario. Weather the storm. In big rallies, look at things that you really want to own. Like, Maybe two years ago, I was looking at NVIDIA like, I really want you, NVIDIA. You're a growth stock and you're hitting new highs every day. Coca-Cola, I don't want you. Coca-Cola, you're dirty. Coca-Cola, you're awful. You're sugar water. You're diabetes. That's a joke, of course. Um, but what I long for NVIDIA, growth semiconductor, it, maybe that's telling me use reverse psychology and go for the, the non-sexy play, a Coca-Cola. There's something to be said for Warren Buffett. He's owned Coca-Cola for many, 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 many years. And he's one of those guys that drinks a Coca-Cola at his annual shareholders meetings. I love Warren Buffett. And it's it's something interesting. I got into this industry with a chip on my shoulder that I wanted Generation X, my generation, to be to get access to good information, to get in the stock market, to not be afraid of it. To say things like, this isn't your daddy's stock market anymore, that you should be looking at tech stocks. Tech stocks are going to be the next big thing. I got in when computing started to really evolve and become a revolution. I don't have that chip on my shoulder anymore. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be dominant. I have to play the game and take a look around and see what's out there. I hope you have the same kind of opinion.
Oh, Tesla's chief designer of the Cybertruck. We're hearing more about the Cybertruck. Is this going to be the year? It's a goofy looking vehicle, but I, I embrace goofiness. Again, CEO of Tesla. Genius. CEO of Twitter. Yeah. We don't know yet, right? Ten. And yet it's the same person. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. The work at home trend, I believe, will reverse in 2023 where you'll be at the office three to four days a week. There's a big question of, do we move to four day work weeks in the future? There's a lot of research that says that would be fine. But one of the better work from home stories that I've recently seen was I worked from the beach in Mexico for a week without telling my boss, I thought it would be easy. I'll never do that again. The person was faking it and taking video calls at 2 AM in the bathroom, uh, hotel, hotel bathroom. And I think that's probably over in 2023 as we move towards a recession away from the pandemic. Now, keep in mind, pandemic can come back tomorrow. I know that. So whenever I talk, know that I'm either giving a baseline, an extreme up or extreme down, and something's going to happen in the middle. I could be wrong. But 2023 should be the year of calling us back. And, you know, some businesses will, some businesses won't. Um, I do a TV spot every day on Channel 4 Cron that they don't need me in studio. They prefer probably not to have me in studio. If I can do it from a home office, they're probably pretty fine with that. Um, They don't have to give me an office space. They don't have to give me a parking spot. But some businesses, you do need to be there for the meetings. I don't do meetings with Cron. But I last left off with an email, and I want to get back to that email because I think This show is really about human beings getting to retirement. I've shared my life story from the mid-20s all the way to my 50s. And I've been pretty honest about it. Um, I've sometimes changed the name. Sometimes I've, uh, you know, embellished like I'm a frog that wants to move to the West Coast like Kermit. That's a little bit of an embellishment, but it's actually what kind of played out. So I got an email from a female investor and I won't say her name. She said, I'm very late to the 401k, 401k IRA game. That's a pretty interesting start. Some minor setbacks due to classic human problems, paying off PhD student debt, divorce, burning through most of my savings while being unemployed from 2008 to 2010. I'm 64, quite healthy, have a good job, reasonably good salary, brand new job for the next six, uh, for the last six months, has a 6% match in the 401k program. I'm contributing 10%. In addition to my existing IRA, my old 401k, which she left the company, she transferred her 401k to an IRA. It's all I have. Probably want to retire in three years or semi-retire as part-time scientist, PhD consultant. I finally converted my 401k into an IRA, been contributing only in the last five years. I certainly did not like the mutual fund selections they offered. I've settled upon the Motley Fool formula where I want to buy and hold 20 good stocks the next three to five years. So as I add $7,000 to the account, I'm looking to slowly acquire more good stocks that may be diversified towards inflation. The IRA is currently $90,000. I'm making enough to donate the near maximum to both. I believe it's approximately about $20,000 for the 
401k and seven thousand dollars with the IRA. That's about approximate. She owns Google, Tesla, Apple, Mastercard, General Motors, Bank of America, and PayPal. So, man, there's a lot to dig into this. First and foremost, my advice to a 64-year-old woman, who I'm assuming is single. See, I'm already making mistakes, assuming. I put together a budget of costs. How much do you pay in rent? How much do you pay in investments? Um, not, not investments, car, food, Christmas gifts, uh, fix-it-uppers in the home, things like that. Put together a budget. And that's really easy to do if you have a bank account that's online and if you have a credit card that's online. Um, there's a decent website called mint.com, but if you look at online budgets, there's hundreds of them now. Mint is M-I-N-T. It stands for Money Intelligence. A friend of mine, Aaron Patzer, 20 years ago, started this company. And it would draw into your bank account, read only, and it would see your expenses and spit them down and you'd classify them. Was this groceries? Was this rent? Was this gasoline? <clears throat> some of it is new. Some of it you have to auto. But having even a rough budget is the place to start if you're 64. Then I told her after you get together the budget, you got to start budgeting what you think retirement's going to cost because she's 64 and she wants to retire maybe in three years. But she did say she's willing to do part-time in three years. That's good because I don't think she's anywhere close to retirement. Um, she's got $90,000. I told her you need 10 times your salary to retire. I don't know what her salary is. She didn't include it. So I told her your next step is now that you have a budget of what you spend and a budget of what you think retirement's going to be, you can start working on this. If you live in the Bay Area, she didn't tell me where she lived. I would consider leaving the Bay Area when I retire, when you retire, if you can find similar employment elsewhere on a part-time basis. And if it makes sense, financially speaking, the Bay Area is expensive. We have high taxes here. Our sales taxes are egregious. So a $10 stake is $10 plus 10%, right? Let me just laugh at myself there for a second. How stupid am I at $10 stake? Not a lot of those exist anymore. Okay, but let's go forward. So I told her her next step is to go to ssa.gov. And if you want to get a list of 15 things you should do before hiring a financial advisor, I'm going to send a list to her. She should go to ssa.gov, figure out what her social security is going to be. What she's going to get at 67 versus 70 or 72. Wait as long as you can because it's going to go up. Again, I don't know her work history. I don't know her social security numbers. I don't know her budget. I told her to get 10 times your salary in a 401k in the IRA before you retire. Try to get as much saved today in the down market as you can. She said she finally converted her old 401k into Naira. Been contributing only... In the last five years, I certainly did not like the mutual fund selections they offered. So she's really only been contributing to retirement since she's in her 50s, it sounds like. After a bad divorce and after a bad job market. All I'll say is 90K is what it looks like she has. She didn't give me a lot. 90K is not enough to retire on. Um, For most people. She wants to use the Motley Fool formula of buying 20 stocks. She's not a stock picker. I think this is a bad idea. She's got positions in Google, Tesla, Apple, MasterCard, General Motors, Bank of America, and PayPal. She said she's a research scientist. I think picking individual stocks is tougher than you think it is. Tesla and PayPal are both risky but have upside. Apple's vulnerable to China in the next year, maybe 18 months. 
you have to have time frames that are longer. I like her Google and Bank of America, but that's not even advice. She needs to start putting a plan together on the small details before she gets to the executing them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So my expectations are this week, the Federal Reserve, basically, Jerome Powell said in a speech that smaller rate hikes are warranted at this time. Next week, when the Federal Reserve meets and sets policy, if they do a smaller rate hike, they're going to announce some information with it. I believe that we can have a Santa Claus rally. Only because we're starting to see the end of the rate hike process on the upside. We're going to have to explore the how long are we at the higher rates. Now, again, we still haven't peaked. How long is going to be a big question. And then the next shift will be, do we stimulate the economy? And when do we stimulate the economy with lower rates? So there's three things happening there. And how low do we go? How no, Where's the new normal? For a long time, new normal was at 3.5%. And then for the last three years, it was one and a half percent. Too low, too low. I read an interesting piece out of the ECB yesterday that I'm going to share with you. And honestly, I, I know like I'm piling on when I talk about Bitcoin, but this is what's happening in policy. This is what's happening uh, politically speaking. Bitcoin was headed for a dead end even before the collapse of Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX ECB officials wrote on Wednesday. So ECB, European Central Bankers, Bitcoin's technological shortcomings make it questionable means of payment. The recent price spike is likely an artificial last gasp before the road to irrelevance. Now, again, you can be a 25-year-old kid that gets a lot of information on the Internet that you know loves Biden or hates Biden loves Trump or hates Trump, hates that both of them are, you know, geriatrics. You can be whoever you want to be. You can think that you're smarter than everyone. But I'm not really sure you want to be fighting the ECB. Um, so let's talk about this a little further. In a blog on Wednesday titled Bitcoin's Last Stand, the ECB noted that the price of Bitcoin has hovered around 20000 recently after plunging earlier this year to 17,000 from a year ago high of 69,000. Ulrich Bindesil and Jurgen Schaff said, quote, for Bitcoin proponents, the seeming stabilization signals a breather on the way to new heights. More likely, however, it's artificially induced last gasp before the road to irrelevance. And this was already foreseeable before FTX went bust and sent the Bitcoin price down to below 16,000 last week. They added that using Bitcoin for transactions is cumbersome. And while the underlying tech has high upside potential, the cryptocurrency isn't used to any significant degree for legal real world purposes. Totally agree with that. I was at an auction the other last week and, um, you know, fundraiser and the MC said, nope, not going to take Bitcoin this year. Took Bitcoin last year. Not going to take it this year, which I think is funny. 
because the crowd laughed with their uneasiness. And I get it. Additionally, the ECB said it's not suitable as an investment. So it's not suitable as a currency because it's cumbersome. Additionally, they said it's not suitable as an investment, noting that it doesn't generate cash flow or dividends. It can't be used uh, productively uh, like commodities. It has no social benefits like gold. Instead, Bitcoin's value is based purely on speculation, largely moving on height from big investors and lobbyists. That's a pretty damning statement. You, you may have glossed over, but what they said was it's based purely on speculation, largely moving on hype. Big Bitcoin investors have the strongest incentives to keep the euphoria going. At the end of 2020, isolated companies began to promote Bitcoin at corporate expense. Some venture capital firms are also still investing heavily. Despite the ongoing crypto winter, venture capital investments in the crypto and blockchain industry totaled $17.9 billion as of mid-July. You're going to see VCs start putting their money, venture capitalists start putting their money in different themes. And that could be things like um, uh, environment. It could be things like uh, biogenetics. The officials out of the ECB said the world's largest crypto by market cap poses a risk to reputations of banks. There remains long-term dangers of promoting the token, despite the potential for short-term profits. And while the crypto industry faces growing calls for oversight, the ECB officials caution that regulation can be misunderstood as approval. That's a great line. Regulation can be misunderstood as approval. Since Bitcoin appears to be neither suitable as a payment system, nor as a form of investment because it doesn't pay dividends, it should be treated as neither in regulatory terms and thus should not be legitimized. The only thing I'm going to tell you is play with Bitcoins and digital currencies at your own risk. Please don't go 100% in because you're going to start feeling that the government's against you. You're going to start feeling that like you, you were born to lose. Um, I saw a lot of people in the 1990s get into dot-com stocks a little bit late. I saw people quit jobs and become day traders. Only to fizzle out in 2000, 2001, 2002 when not everything was going up anymore. When everything's going up, it's easy to be a Bitcoin enthusiast. When everything's going up, it's easy to be a stock market enthusiast. The stock market pays dividends. The stock market bases things on cash flow. I think the ECB report yesterday is pretty damning. Do I think Bitcoin goes to zero? I do not. I think it's here to stay. I do not think it goes to 60,000. Not in my lifetime. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on there. To be fair, I said that probably four years ago as well. Um, so maybe I'm an old fogey like the ECB. Um, it's worthy of note. Last but not least, Bank of America warns hot inflation might run rampant for another 10 years. <laughs> Have you started to rethink value as a good idea versus growth? If nothing else, use rallies to rebalance your portfolios to where you feel more comfortable. I feel very comfortable. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.